welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Hey Reynolds, I just have been threatened to be fired by my consultant teacher if I don't get it together. Uh, I'm a first year teacher. She makes me feel terrible and says it's you or the kids help. I said it's you or the kids. Okay. Meaning like, I guess. They're going to fire the kids? <laughs> well, no, I, I don't should. know. Sometimes they should fire the kids. Um, so look, I think, look, uh, Reach, I, I'm wondering, this is one of those questions where it's, it's difficult to answer because I'm wondering like, what is going on in there? What are, what is your cooperating teacher or what did you call it? Consultant teacher, like seeing what, what's happening in the classroom. Um, what are they complaining about? Uh, and is there any truth to the matter? Right? Like, are they right in anything? I think a lot of times, like I, especially in the beginning, cause I had this like doofus that would come in and like do my classroom observations <laughs> while I was like, just filling out stuff on Amazon and then checking off boxes on my, on my sheet. Um, I didn't feel like he was really like invested in what I was actually doing. And he didn't know me on the front end. So like, if you just pop in at any given time, I mean, anyone can just pop in your classroom. It looks like you're not really doing something, but they don't know like how hard you work to get to this point or, or what you have been doing. So I think sometimes it, it is taking some of that stuff into consideration. Um, but I don't, I don't know. So look, here's, here's an option, right? If you want, you could shoot me an email, let me know kind of what's going on. Um, and I could answer that way. Um, Warning, he's not the, there's a lot going on. So it's not. The yeah. Quickest. So I won't. Yeah. Or I'm trying to think of a better option for that. Okay. She, she said something. Um, She's seeing a few students with phones out and heard that students curse, even though I didn't hear it. I have had admin come in and they say I'm doing great, but she's my evaluator in May. Uh, so look, with the phone thing, I I would just tell students like, yo, look, I'm you, look, if you're checking your Instagram, look, it's not the end of the world if a kid takes out their phone and they're on Instagram or something. I typically handle it like, Yo, put that away. If I hear someone's phone ring, I don't make a big deal out of it and be like, whose phone was that? You need to figure this out immediately. What's going on in here? Like, it's cool. Yo, you forgot to turn your ringer off. Yo, just turn that off for me, bro, so we can get back to work. Awesome. Um, if I see that again, I'm like, bro, I if I see your phone again, I'm taking it. Um, and then by the third time, I just take it. I put it on my desk till the end of the day or give it to like a security officer or something like that. And then I don't have to even deal with it. Um, or I hide it in my room and make kids find it or tape it really high on the wall for kids that are short and then they have to jump up and get it. It's hilarious. Um, I don't necessarily recommend any of those options, but uh, I think being upfront with the students that their behavior has an impact on you, right? Um, sometimes doesn't necessarily give kids a sense of control, but I think it gives kids a sense of empathy. Like, like your actions are not just affecting you. They're affecting me also. And like, I really care about you. Um, but this, so like, I care enough that like, this is something I'm implementing. There are no more phones in the class. If I see your phone, I will take it. Um, and, you know, other than that, like the cursing thing, it's like, you know, kids curse in my class all the time. I don't let them, but it happens. And then I have to go, bro, wait a minute. 
if any cursing's happening in here, it's going to be all me. You are not allowed to curse. Uh, and, and I just think that that helps also. It's just like having those conversations, but it doesn't have to look like um, a big deal. Like, what did I tell you about that comment, that, that language before? You're not allowed to use that language in here or, or something along those lines. I, I flip it and like, I don't know if there's kids watching this right now, but like, what's up, Mark? Mark would be able to tell you this. If someone says shit in my class, I might just stop and say, hey, I know I didn't make a poster for the wall in here or anything, but you can't say shit in here. Um, so if I need to, I could just have a poster of like shit with like a, a crossed out and stuff. But that's like an awkward thing to have on my wall. So like, how about you just save me the time and energy and like, you know, think of something else to say instead. Um, well, so I have a question because she says that her admin comes in and says that she's doing a great job. Yeah, because, but that doesn't matter because they're... But is there... Can... can is there ever, has there ever been a situation where somebody just doesn't like you? And so they're just kind of a hundred percent. So like, here's what I would say to that. And I don't want to go on with this too long yeah, okay. and, and negate other questions, but like, I would say reach to lean into it a little bit. Tell that person, look, I want to be the best that I can be. I really, and I'm glad that you're, you're here, right? Even if you're not glad, I'm, I'm glad that you're here to be a part of this. Can you give me like two action items that I can work on? And then how would you implement those? Like, how would you handle the, the cell phone situation? How would you handle the cursing situation? And then what you're doing is like, you're throwing the ball back to them and saying like, what, like, I hear what you're saying. How, what are the action steps you would take to make that better? And that's their, that should be their job is to come up with that. I know when I get observed, Miss um, List that observes me, she always comes in and she's like, we talk about like how we can work together to solve problems. And so that is, that's good. And then press her for positive feedback too. Like, is there anything you're seeing in here that you like, that you think is a good thing? Cause what that's going to do is change her, her view on, on what she's looking at too, and force her to kind of like look at something that's, that's positive as well. Um, Jules G is saying, I have trouble with Four majorly disruptive students in class of only 11 talked with each called parents and documenting incidents. Um, I don't just want to kick kids out. Any other suggestions? Jules, I would say that, um, you know, I, I just think that something like lunch is a really big deal. Um, I think something like even doing lunch. So I have this idea this year that uh, my man, Mark, that's on here uh mark d the second um putting your whole government out there mark so mark is um is was in a class last year that did uh serial day right and so i did it because i loved the whole class it was like my favorite class of the day every single day however this year i don't have that class i don't have a class of kids that i really really love um there's kids i really like in every single classroom or in every period of the day, but there's not like a overwhelmingly like great group, right? There's like, um, there's just like dudes in every class that like kind of sleep or kind of come in late or kind of are not on point every day. And so instead of doing serial day with a whole period this year, I'm going to have it during lunch and I'm going to invite in the students that I want to invite. So maybe out of that 11, you invite the seven to have lunch with you one day and just say, yo, look, man, I'm not trying to like kick other people out. I just noticing, I'm just noticing like dudes are doing a really great job in here. And I just want to promote that. And so I think sometimes the four are so disruptive that they take up all of our time and energy. And then what's happening is the other kids aren't getting the attention that they need. And so what you're teaching them 
is that you see them and that you want them to keep doing well, but maybe they could do well louder. Um, and they end up outshining the kids that are being, that are being disruptive, right? Like you're not giving, you, you need to like sometimes not give the, the kids that are not doing what they're supposed to be um, so much attention, right? And I don't know the particulars like here. So I'm not saying Jules that like you're, you're shining too much light on, on the bad kids or something like that. But <clears throat> that's, that's one answer. The other is going to admin and finding out like what you should do. Like, <clears throat> look, this is, these are the steps I'm taking, like, and nothing's changing. What do you suggest we do? Or go to the other teachers, find out what's going on in those classes. Um, Cause then it becomes like a group of people that are working together to sort of come up with a solution. The last thing I think I would do is find someone that they do get along with, like see if there's a teacher or a coach or someone that they get down with and then sit down with that individual and say, look, I'm having a really hard time. I want this kid to be successful, but I'm not finding it easy to do that in my class. How can we figure out a plan of success for this kid? Um, so in, all, in a lot of those answers, it becomes a communal effort and not just a, a solo effort and as to what to do with that particular student. Um, and that, so that's kind of how I would take it from there. Uh, this is my question. Kimberly Wallback is asking, do you think that you'll have a snow day tomorrow? Kimberly. It's supposed to snow. So I just heard. I that. don't, don't watch the news. Ever. <laughs> ever. Um, real quick. It's, it's a weird thing. I get, I get dogged about this all the time. Um, I don't watch the news because when my, so my son didn't watch TV till he was two, right? We just pretend that that thing was just a box over there. Also, hey. also taught him about the ice cream truck that went by all the time that it was a music truck that just played music as a public service to the neighborhood and drove around and played music he did not know that there was ice cream inside until someone <laughs> not saying names told them that there was ice cream in there and then they want ice cream all the time anyway um once we started watching the news again one i was horrified that like Friggin' the news is rough and two it was like everybody's getting killed on there all the time that was a weird thing to watch with your kids every night about you know, all the deaths and then one funny thing about like the president. So anyway, at nine o'clock at night, anyway. it's supposed to snow like a good two to three inches. That's what they're calling for. So hopefully How much we have no sleep. Could I use that in my life tomorrow? Yes. Man. <laughs> she, Kimberly Wallback, I'm pinning that comment. <laughs> I feel like I wish I had something to give away right now because I would just give it to you. Um Hales teach, but you have to scroll to all of them. She's the okay. So this is all right. So Hales teach is asking. Um, I have a real issue that sideswiped me this week. I have a student with attendance issues. He told me at the end of the week that he was being bullied and gave me a couple of examples. I told him that I would investigate these issues and that I wasn't uh, and that it wasn't acceptable for him to be treated that badly after having a good relationship with him for two years. He tells me, he then tells me, hold on, where's the other one? That he doesn't trust me to deal with the problem and doesn't trust anyone in the school. After 25 years of teaching, no one has ever told me this. It really came as a shock to me. So look, um, why, why would he tell you then about it and then not trust you to deal with the situation? Like, why not just tell somebody else? Or like, why bother you? Look, we'll talk about this. Let's talk about this. I had a, so students in my school have to do reflections. Um, and I had a student this year. So like if someone gets in trouble, 
the, the, the new protocol is you send them into the hallway or to the SSO's office or to a corner of the room, wherever, like a designated area, right? And they have to write a reflection. Here's my name. This is the date. This is what I think happened. Um, this is what I could have done differently or the teacher could have done differently. And then that gives you like a launching off point to have a conversation with a student. I have had on more than one occasion this year, students write really, really awful things about me, like really offensive things like that. I am not, I'm not even going to go into here, but like we're, it was total nonsense. It was like, like, so over the top ridiculous that it was laughable. Um, like one, like one kid called me wicked. I think Mr. Reynolds is actually really wicked. I just pretended he was from Boston wicked. and that I was awesome. Uh, so it was like, I, I get it. Like sometimes you just get sucker punched and it's like, you're doing everything you can, right? You're putting all of it on the line for students. And, and sometimes that comes down to, for me, like just not taking BS from kids, like, and then you get called out or you get put on blast or something, or you have your, your character questioned. Um, I would sit that student down and talk to them and say like, well, look, you know, that I, I would be vulnerable and say that really affected me when you said that, and it is giving me cause to like, think about what I've done. And so I'm wondering in your eyes, like, what, what happened there? Like, why can't you, you trust me? Why can't you trust teachers in the school? And then is there something we can do about that? Like, cause I want you to have some, it doesn't have to be me, but how can we connect you with someone that you're going to feel um, can help you out? Right. Because the name of the game in life is like, is like, you have to connect with people. You don't have another option unless you want to be a hermit and eat pine cones in the woods or something like that. But I think, you know, that sort of conversation is something that students are probably not very used to, that, to be treated like an adult and talked to like an adult. And so that's how I would kind of coach through that. And, and my guess is, Hale, is that like, you're going to find out that there's other underlying problems there, that it's not you, right? Maybe it is. Maybe this is a learning experience on some level, right? Maybe not as extensive as a student says, but on some level, maybe there's some truth there that you can reflect on, but maybe... It's also just the student going through stuff. The student is perceiving the situation in a particular way. Um, but I think it warrants a conversation and I would absolutely sit down with someone. And if you want to have another teacher there or someone trusted to be around for that, go for it. But I think that that's, that's the way that I would handle that thing. I'm also, I'm sorry that that happened. That shit sucks. And I hate um, those days when that kind of thing happens. It like takes the, the wind right out of you. Uh, my buddy Leah Pratt is saying, question, uh, majorly annoyed by students who want immediate, oh girl, like all the pile of work I have over there right now, the kids, yeah, I don't hear it, that want immediately graded work, like they're entitled to instant feedback. Do you grade and return immediately? How do you handle, uh, when kids keep asking? So I have students that are, that get fixated on their grades and on points and they want stuff immediately or kids that email me at like 10 o'clock at night on Friday, like, yo, how come you didn't put that grade in yet, bro? You're 16. Why aren't you having fun? Like, why are you emailing me? And you're not even like that good of a student. Like you don't even pay attention or show up on time ever. But like when it comes to grade and work, I'm supposed to be like, have it done on the double. 
so what I've started to do was streamline some of what I do. Um, I got a uh, an app called. Can I kind of pop this close and then open it back up for a second? Sure. Um, called. Make sure this isn't going to show anything weird. Um, zip grader. You can't really see that situation right here. It has this big green check mark. Do do do. There it is. Zip grade. Um, and zip grade allows me to essentially have like what looks like a scantron sheet even though i'm not pro scantron it just like helps me with the situation and makes things faster um it's essentially a scantron and then you fill in a key you take a picture of it uh and then you can just literally scan with your camera the grades and it's like under a second it's like almost immediately it's graded you know what's wrong what's right it tells you the percentage tells you six out of 25 or whatever the grade was captures the student's name like it takes a picture of that as well and then i can record those grades immediately so a lot of times as kids are handing up tests i'm just grading them or i have like a teaching assistant like which are just seniors that kind of like help me out come in and they scan it because they think it's awesome and just write the scores on there and then i'll read those scores back before they even leave and i'll be like look i have these done the other ones are going to take me a minute and i usually try and give them a date like i'm going to do them Saturday afternoon, Friday, Sunday night, Tuesday morning, whatever the heck I'm going to do it, right? Uh, but what I'm doing is two things. One, I'm giving them some immediate feedback for multiple choice, and and that app's free, by the way. And then two, I am letting them know when the other ones will be graded, right? And so they, so they know when that's going to happen. So that's what I would do. Um, but yeah, I never have really great students ask for feedback. It's always like kind of... B-ish students that are like, hey, man, where's my grade? What do you got for me there? Hot mm -hmm. stuff. Oh, gosh. Come on. That's a cool nickname, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you want me to sing a song? No. Right. I'm sorry. I got so close to singing a song for everyone. Um, Kristen, I've, oh, Kristen, I feel like I ruined your last name all the time. Kristen is asking, how do you get your kids to cut the crap when they, <laughs> I already love this question, cut the crap when they are trying to front like they are the baddest on the block. Uh, sometimes I just treat them like they're super badass. Like, so I had this student once, um, Maurice Watson was a student of mine. He was like a big deal college basketball player after he left high school. And he was a big deal player in high school too. And acted like just acted the part, right? Like he was super awesome. He was going to kill it in every single basketball game, which he was. I mean, like, so the kid had the right to like be cocky if he wanted to. Um, but it was just like so overbearing sometimes towards me. And I was first year at that school. I wasn't first year teacher, but first year there. So I just leaned into it. I started treating him like he was amazing. Um, and one of the ways I did that was like, I took a staple box and I cut like a little, hole in the front and I made a little black circle on it. Um, so the hole was like a viewfinder and I pretended it was a camera and I pretended I made like this incognito camera. So he didn't know I was taking this picture. And sometimes when he was just standing there, I would like do like a little selfie of he and I, or I would uh, like take a picture of him real quick. And he's like, what are you doing around? So I'm like, well, look, man, honestly, it's like, you're like a really big deal. Like you're, you're going places. And I just want to be like, I want to have the footage of like, like, who you were then like you know and now now this is like this is like before eminem 
won the competition in eight mile. Like I want to have that footage. Then I would hand everybody else's work back, but I wouldn't hand his back. Um, or I'd hand sometimes a photocopy of his back. And he's like, why am I getting a photocopy? Where's the real work? And I'm like, bro, you're like, it's like an autograph. Like I have like 75 autographs from you, like a sign on different documents that you, I'm like your schoolwork that you did, like it's gotta be worth something one day. And he just started getting so annoyed by that, that it like really kind of took the wind out of his sails a little bit. And I've also done with that with kids that think like they're badasses, like where I'll just be like, whoa, hey, uh, if you don't mind, um, this is the work we're doing. Like if you could just do it, it just, it, what it does is like, it just makes the situation so ridiculous that you don't have to deal with it anymore. Um, and, and so, yeah, so that's like one of the ways I deal with it. I just, so you don't have to use those examples, but I think sometimes like trying to go absurd with things just fixes stuff in a better way than, than it would be normally. Um, ben Flo is asking, how can uh, new teachers set ground rules while preventing kids from shutting down when they're getting, uh, when they don't get their way? Uh, so, hmm, I like that uh, Richard Royster is already on this situation. A lot of people um, are, which is great. Geez, what would I do? New teacher, ground rules, preventing. Uh, I think consistency. One, just being consistent, right? So, like, then the kids are going to learn that, like, this isn't a new thing. Like, that if you show up late, you, like, lose a point. Or if you talk during a test, it's a zero. Like, these are things that are, like, when it happens to someone, it's like, what are you, surprised? Like, do this all the time. But then I think, for me, it's always the follow-up to what happened, right? So that you can have your feelings hurt. You can get, like, be funky in class and just, like, not get funky. Uh, but I think the follow-up piece is, like, Hey, look, I just want you to understand like where that came from. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to leave with a smile on your face, but I just want you to understand because it's important to me. They understand where I'm coming from. Um, and then also like after class uh, or after school, like letting kids kind of speak their truth too. So like, why did that bother you when I did that? Like, like, do you understand why I did that? But then also having the kid have the opportunity to say like what they were thinking in the moment too. So you can hash it out with them because sometimes they're right, right? Like sometimes like this is the second time I'm saying this time, but like sometimes the the kids or the teachers that are trying to give us feedback or say what they need or want are right. And so you have to give them space. Like I always talk about how like I take students into the hallway when they're, when I'm having an issue with them and about 90% of the time it was them. But 5% of the time, I like I, every time I go out there, I say, Hey man, what's going on? Did I do something that would upset you? And about 5% of the time they go, yeah, like you weren't calling on me or I asked to go to the bathroom like three times and you were ignoring me or whatever it was. Right. But you're, that's, you know, you're giving that opportunity for them to say their piece as well. Dog is doing weird stuff back there. Uh, Tanya Hobson, the graft, be graft, big graft. Have you considered writing a book about teaching? I totally buy it. Well, Tanya, I have. Um, I got uh, approached last week, something like that. I won't. Um, and so I'm gonna. I'm writing a book now. I just started today, so it's gonna be a minute. But um, I. It is. It, yeah. It's about. But I think earlier you said you were writing about yourself, and and so I maybe that came across. The yeah. No. 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 Teaching. I mean, it is through the lens of it's like lessons I've learned along the way. I really want to highlight students. I want to tell students stories um, and sort of like what I've learned through that in this idea that like this, my new, one of my new real big theories is like what 
my wife and I refer to as bare bones teaching, right? Which bare bones teaching is essentially like minimalist teaching. It is, I think teachers overcomplicate things. I think they overcomplicate problems a lot of times. Um, they overcomplicate lessons, especially new teachers, right? Like you have try and like recreate the wheel all the time when it's like, it really just ba basically like boils down to like a few important key things that you have to remember. And then you use those as building blocks for other stuff. And so um, that's the idea behind the book. So that's what I'm working on now. Uh, Stephanie Henry, what's up, buddy? Um, tips on how to support a student, support students that have a family, uh, family situation similar to mine, a family member with cancer and cancer treatment. I want to let my personal situation benefit my students. Um, I would say, look, um, I was wondering what you were going to say since you texted me last night. Uh, I think sharing the journey helps. I, I think knowing that somebody else <clears throat> is going through something that's similar to you helps. I think that whenever I've been able to share part of my story with like losing my parents or all like both my parents and all of my grandparents, like, um, and helping students that are going through a similar situation, like just talking to them about it. Uh, it, I just feel like it lets you know that you're not alone. It gives you a level of empathy for that student and that student, the opportunity to have empathy for you in going through this thing together because it feels incredibly lonely. I remember when my mom was sick and all of my friends were just going on with life like it was usual. And I was terrified. I was terrified I was going to lose my mom. And so if I'd had somebody there that was going through anything similar, even if it was their neighbor had cancer um, and was willing to walk through it with me, and it was like, that would be really great. So I would consider like, what does that look like? Where, how does that happen. Um, and you don't have to get too personal on your end. Like, you know, I would keep it professional enough because, um, that kid already has enough weight on this, on their shoulders. But you're, so what you're doing is saying like, Hey, look, this is how I'm walking with this. Um, and provide that as a, as a opening for that student to share their story. So that's why you're sharing your story is to give them permission almost to, to, to share what their pain that, that is going on in them. So that, that's how I would do it. Um, yeah. Uh, Jack. Jack is asking, um, starting tomorrow, I'm going to be working as a teacher's assistant at the 11th grade English class. <clears throat> and all the students are ELLs. I'm very excited, but also nervous because I'm not bilingual. Any tips? I would say one, um, Look, I, I mean, I would learn some of the language, not by tomorrow, maybe. But uh, I just think that that would be interesting and somewhat respectful, right? So, like, I know, like, when you travel abroad, you want to make sure you know some of the language so that you can ask people where the bathroom is. And I think people just appreciate when you know a little bit of their language. Two, um, care doesn't oh, – this sounds so corny – care doesn't have a language. And so that's the other <laughs> thing I'm thinking about. How can you care for those students, give those students um, someone to come to, someone they feel safe with, right? So look, if you don't understand the language and you know you are, are not a native speaker of the language in which you're being taught, having a point person to go to that you can go to and ask questions like in a way that others might perceive as funny or silly or that sound dumb, um, 
you're creating that safe space for those students to enter in and ask that stuff. And the, the, the way in which you do that is by showing them that you care, showing them that you're there for them, showing them that there's no stupid questions. Like uh, th that is, that's what I would go with is building those relationships to provide those students with that outlet. And then you'll find that they'll be far more vulnerable with you, open with you, honest with you about a whole host of things. Um, and then here's the beautiful part of this. If you do that for long enough, then you become the guy that does that or the girl that does that. And um, they like other students will see that as well. And they will gravitate towards you. And I say this because I've, I've done this myself. There you go, buddy. Um, where like, you know, before you know it, you have like after school program that's unofficial in your room because you're teaching everybody how to read or how to go over the notes for the day or explaining like simple stuff. Uh, Indy Katie, what's up? Indy Katie? I feel like I saw that profile picture last week, but I haven't seen it in a while. Um, yeah, no, no judgment, week. just saying. Uh, Indy Katie is asking Reynolds. I was one of, I was one of those grade fixated per people. Uh, I, it was anxiety and perfectionism. Uh, it was, a focus for my anxiety. So I think that's I just makes that a lot of sense. A really good point into like why those kids are like that. And like, yeah. And so the conversation I had on Friday with one student that was completely fixated on their grade was to break it down and to say like, look, let me like assuage. That's not the right word. Your anxiety. Um, and sort of say like, here's, here's what, what this is going to look like. Um, but I, you know, and so I, my hope would be, and maybe you, you could correct me on this, Indy Kitty, but like, uh, my hope would be that those conversations very direct with students and very like, like getting it, like, I get that you're anxious about this. I get how you're feeling about this. Um, some kids are just kind of like rude about it, but I do have other students that like, I, I can see it in your face. Like, what did I get on that grade? What did I get on that grade? What did I get on that grade? And they stop in between every single period. I um, want to know what the vocab test looked like. Uh, it, it is just having those conversations and trying to help those students out. Um, and then maybe, I, I mean, uh, I would say maybe talking to students about like, where's that coming from? Like, where, like, what's with the anxiety? Like, where is that? Like, are you afraid you're going to fail? Is there something at stake here like like what's what's the issue and then um giving kids a safe place to talk about that stuff as well uh gage smith who has a very interesting profile picture there uh kind of looks like you are the moon is that from that old movie um gage smith is asking as far as electives go do you have any recommendations for uh a future teacher maybe you wish you would have taken knowing what you know now so recommendations for a future teacher as far as electives go um like Gage, are you in college and you're looking to take electives that you think would benefit you as a teacher, or are you wanting to teach electives when you are a teacher? So keep an eye out for that. Could you just answer that question real quick? So, like, are you looking for electives in college that you want to take to help you become better? Um, if so, I would say anything special education oriented, anything specific learning disability oriented, like dyslexia, auditory processing disorder auditory processing disorder, um, dysgraphia, uh, you know, kids with defiance disorders and stuff like that. Like I, I would focus in on that cause that's going to really, really help you out. Um, 
And then the other one, I can answer if that's what you're asking. What you got? I don't know. You took the phone. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to sing? No. Sorry. Uh, Cindy Morrow. Man, I'm really, I'm so good at saying people's mm -hmm. names. Cindy is asking, uh, student teacher here, how can I reset relationships with my students? They respect my teacher, but despise me. Oh, brother. Um, I don't want to give up, but I feel helpless. First of all, Cindy, look, I'm going to tell you right now not to feel hopeless. And you can just listen to me and then you'll magically change. I wish. But I think, look, one, have it, if they already love the teacher and then you come in, kids don't always want to love the new teacher. Like they want their old teacher back, right? Like they loved that class. And then this lady came in, started teaching us. And now it's all weird because she's trying to figure it out on her own. Um, that That is just like, it's a tough thing, right? So I think what I would do is go above and beyond, right? One, I think Steve Martin said once to be so good, they can't ignore you. And what that looks like to me is I'm at the door when you're coming in, right? I don't care if you hate me, bro. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm still going to say what's up to you in the morning, right? And then it's going to be a consistency thing. Um, I have a kid that is a senior this year that hated me for like three years. I don't know why. Like he, I, every joke I had, it was stupid. Anytime I blew bubbles, it was stupid. Like everything was stupid all the time. Um, and all of his friends liked me. And I think that made him even more pissed off because he wanted everyone to like not like me. So last year I just started giving him hugs. I'm like, bro, you look miserable all the time. You need a big hug. So I just started hugging him in the hallway all the time. And it, it broke him. Like, cause he would like get like a half smile and be like, this is so dumb. Why are you doing this to me? And I broke him like that, right? By by just going hard and not caring what he thought about me. The other part is saying goodbye when they leave. The other part is finding um, out what they like, what they dislike. There's like, once you can connect with someone on anything, it changes stuff, right? So like maybe they like a certain video game. Maybe they like a certain music or TV show. And you find out what those things are, you get into them and you start learning about them also. Maybe you... Um, Ask them like why they don't like you. Like, bro, I'm sensing like some ang some angst here. Like, what what's what's going on? Like, I I you know it's I'm student teaching, trying to learn here how to be a teacher, right? So, and I'm just asking you like, what is it that you think is is not happening here or could be happening here? Because I'd love to have that conversation and respect you, um, like a, like an adult. And so that is, I think that move helps you out. But I wouldn't do that with an audience. I would do that as an individual. Like, hey, after school today, would you mind stopping by and seeing me for like two minutes? I'm not going to hold you up and you're not in trouble. Like, I just want to talk to you. I can get your, I want to get your take on something real quick, please. Um, and then having those conversations. Your success in anything in life, I think is largely predicated on your ability to have hard conversations. Why didn't I get a raise? Why does my review look like this? Why doesn't this parent like me? Um, why is my wife mad at me? Hmm. like that ever happened. Um, it's all predicated on your ability to like have those hard conversations. Um, and so that's what I would do. And look real quick. Also, you will grow out of this. Like you, you're only a student teacher, right? So it takes time to get good at the craft. It gets time to get good at being intuitive as to how students are acting, like why they're acting that way. And then what happens is largely they, those, those attitudes, those actions, like, show up year after year after year and you just get better at handling them, right? It's like when you were a little kid and someone called you a fart face, you were like, ah! 
ruined, right? By the time you're, you know, even 12, it's like someone calls you a fart face and you're like, really, bro? That's like the best you got right now? Like, your mom's a fart face. I don't know. Like, you you figure out ways to deal with that stuff. And student teaching is going to be the same way. It's all fresh and new now. And then you'll get better at dealing with those situations later. Uh, Catherine Johnson is saying, any advice for remaining patient with parents? I literally communicate information in so many ways, paper, email, text, et cetera, and still have parents not in the know. Yeah, I think that some parents just aren't in the know. Like, I, you know, I, I get this too, where uh, we have online grade book. We use PowerSchool at our school, and my grades are in there almost immediately, right? So I never go like more than three days generally um, without putting like the grade in of something. So when I grade homework, I literally walk around my room. I put grades on my seating chart while the students are doing silent work. I input those grades or I do them at my lunch period, right? So it's updated all the time. And then someone will say, well, if he was failing so bad, like, why didn't you call me? Because they're all online. Like you could wake up at two o'clock in the morning and just decide, look on there. And I have comments. So if someone is a zero, I tell you if they didn't do the homework. I tell you if they cheated on the homework. I tell you if they just handed in something with all the wrong answers. Like it's all on there. We don't need to do a phone call. Um, now, sometimes it's it's necessary, right? But like, I just think that it's a point of like, hey, look, I have 120 students. I can't call everyone's parents that aren't doing well because there's a lot of them. Um, so I try and create this resource. If you have other questions, you can, I tell them like, on PowerSchool, you can click on the grade <clears throat> and you can shoot me a message about that particular thing right then. So let's going forward, let's use that as our communication tool because it just makes it easier or find out a way that they would like to communicate with you. And so what you're doing is like setting up some norms um, to communicate with that parent. <clears throat> and if they don't do that, then like sometimes like people just don't communicate well. Uh, Kimberly Wallbeck saying any tips for helping a new student with behavior challenges become adjusted. Um, I have one of these. I think that a lot of times those behaviors come out of someone um, acting out as a front so they can look tough or they can look not dumb or they can like, it's like uh, I've had any number of students over the years that just can't read. And so when they are picked on to read or they're asked to read or they're asked to do reading silently, even they, try and get kicked out. They act up. They act like they can't stop laughing. They act like they have hiccups, anything to get out of it, right? So there's like a reason for the behavior. I think that student totally has a reason for the behavior. And probably it's because they're new in the middle of the year. So I would just sit down with them and ask them about like what's going on and then just remind them that you are the safe space. Yo, look, I want you to know going forward in the year, you can't open your locker. You forget what your schedule is. You don't know where to go at lunch. You don't want to eat lunch downstairs. You ran out of you need a dollar to take the bus home, whatever it is, come see me. I'm your guy. I'll help you out with anything that I can. I want you to know that you have a point person in the school. Then I would find out who their friends are, who they've been hanging out with. And if they haven't, I would find cool dudes to like, that sounds so corny. I'd find cool dudes. Um, but I would, I would find some of my cool dudes. Um, guys like some of you have seen on Instagram, like cheesesteak and Cephas and Kent, they're good guys to like say, Hey, yo, look, I have this new guy. He's having a hard time getting adjusted. Um, so a lot of times it's seniors doing this with freshmen. Um, if you see him in the hallway, just be like, yo, what's up, man? How you doing? And that is, and then like become 
like the person that brings them in because once they have friends, a lot of that behavior goes away. Once they feel acclimated, mm-hmm. feel like they have someone they can trust, a lot of that behavior goes away. Uh, caveat is she commented earlier, Kristen, and said that, um, thanks, question, her daughter diagnosed with dyslexia. Oh. Well, she went and got the testing That's done. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Kristen is asking, any tips on communicating with parents of dyslexic kids? I'm thinking I'm going back to school to be a reading specialist and will be tutoring privately. The kid I work with now has parents who say dyslexia is an excuse. So, Kristen, I would say, look, man, wow, that is troubling. Um, but my wife said that you also said that you went and got your her daughter mm-hmm. uh, diagnosed with dyslexia, and I think that that is awesome. And and if I can, um, if I had any part in that, uh, I am thrilled. Look dyslexia is like the silent suffering thing, man. It's like, I have dudes all the time that I think are like that. So I think here's some, you know, if I was going to do anything, I would first of all, go to the special ed department. Um, and I would like do any paperwork you have or tell them that you have a suspicion that the student is dyslexic, right. And then see if they will test for that. Because then it is the special ed department that is supposed to step in and, and take well, care of that I think stuff. She's having, as the teacher, she's saying she's having issues because the parent thinks that the, it, everything's an excuse for the child instead of understanding that it's a real disability. I would say to educate the parents, like, I, like recommendations to the book or like anything that you can explain or show them that it's an actual neurological, like they use a different part of their brains to read than, than typical uh, kids. Like there's so much actual science behind it. And so I yeah. would pass that information. Yeah. I would have like a, parents. like a, a file of like resources, articles, resources, like podcasts, a- anything like that, that you can pass on. Um, I think, you know, part if, of that, if you need those email, cause I have a ton and I will yeah, actually answer just email that. real rapid. The email. Um, oh, you faster than I know. Well, when I have, if I can answer one versus you get a hundred, 30, um, hundred, babe, not 30. I get a hundred. Okay. Right. And so, yeah, I think also I'm, I'm so look, instead of just having, um, that sort of dialogue with parents sometimes too, and this goes for any problem with parents. I think I usually go, that's really interesting that you would say that. I'm wondering like, what is tipping you off to thinking that like, uh, it's an excuse um, where you're not trying to catch them in anything. You're just trying to see like, where does that thought process come from? Because maybe there's some truth in that, right? Like this is an ongoing theme tonight. Maybe there's some truth in that. And maybe it will just, if not like give you some understanding as to like, see like where the thought process might be skewed. So you can help them out with that as well. Um, and but they then also might be right. Cause I know that like with learning disabilities, there's a ba- there's a really fine balance between is it part of the disability, like an actual struggle, or is it we're just being a kid and we're being, you know, defiant or lazy or we know it's it's a fine line. Yeah. I think it's sort of like there. when kids when I know students that know their IEP, yes, it's sometimes it's a problem. Sometimes yeah. I don't want them to know their IEP because they're just like if they know they're supposed to get a break if they need it, they're like, it's like um yeah, okay, everyone clear no th- yeah, but this is how it goes down. We're doing something fun and everyone's engaged. Like the other day when we were making beats, right? 
And then I go, all right, it's time for independent reading. Everyone take out your book. Bam! Got to go to the bathroom, break time. And then they disappear for 10 minutes and they come back and they like get their book out and it takes them five minutes to get their book out and they get situated and find a place. And then they literally have 30 seconds that they're reading and then they're like, I got credit for that, right? It's like, bro, what are we talking about here? And it's because they know the out. Um, and so that's why that happens sometimes. I'm just saying. I know who that kid is too. I hope you're watching this. Um, Liz, oh, Liz, I apologize, Liz. There's no way I'm saying that. Um, I don't know. I can't do it. Um, Liz is asking, what do you do with classes that are so quiet? That <laughs> First of all, Liz, I already know what you're going to say, one. And two, this is the exact opposite of like five other questions I've got. Most of the questions are like, what do you do with rambunctious classes? Liz is asking, what do you do with classes that are so quiet that you speed through an hour lesson in 35 minutes um, and you either don't want to be ahead of your other classes or you don't have uh, the next one ready. I would say, I think independent reading is, is clutch there. Like, it, and I would treat it like a reward. Like, look, we get to the end of class and you are, um, we're done everything. We got everything done. I really appreciate your, your ability to like help that roll out. Um, now take out your independent reading books and you're going to read for, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is. And then I would gift the end of the period to the students. I do this all the time. And not all schools like this and not all teachers that come in and see me or not all administrators like this, but I'll say like, hey, look, if you do a great job, I'll give you the last six minutes to just chill. You can be on your phone, you're playing a game, you're you know, checking your Instagram, whatever it is. Um, as long as you're not texting or sending messages to anyone, uh, I'm, you know, you did a good job. The, the rationale behind that is one, it helps kids to like, even if their classes aren't quiet, even if they're rambunctious, it gives them um, something to shoot for, like a reward at the end. And it's like a way to, uh, I think it gives you space to then walk around. Hey, what are you playing? Oh, you like Fortnite? Oh, you got the new Marshmallow Man skin or what's it called? Marshmallow or whatever. Um, you got the new gun or whatever you're doing. Like, oh, what video are you watching? What? Netflix show are you watching like what are, what are you into and um there's like schools are so tight it's like one class to the next to the next to the next to the next there's no downtime so I think like building in that downtime is just fine for kids sometimes it's six minutes like it's it's okay but that's what I would do is like a combination of independent reading time and just some downtime like now I wouldn't go more than six minutes I feel like 10 like look you all know but like Two minutes left in the classroom feels like a hundred. It's like it's like football time, right? Where you you have two minutes, but it's like, oh my god, it's literally the longest two minutes in creation. So you don't want to give yourself too much time either. Uh, Stephen, man, everyone's last night last name tonight is a battle for me. That's okay. Stephen. Stephen. Zaha, Zaha, something like that. Stephen is asking. Um, middle school film teacher here and oh, like Sorrentino, uh, any tips on differentiating a screenwriting unit in three weeks? I've had some kids pump up or pump out multiple short film scripts while others haven't even finished one. Uh, I think what if you, what if they have different assignment, make it longer and harder? Yeah. I'm thinking if it was like really short too. So like maybe it is 
Um, you're not writing for a movie. Maybe it's a short film. Maybe it's a YouTube video. Maybe it's a YouTube video on a very specific thing. Maybe it's... Um, is that for the people, the kids who are slower? To yeah, yeah. I think that you're just so like, I just did like, I have guys writing essays right now and I have students that are writing children's books in my class right now. And it's the same tools, right? But like, what are you doing? Like maybe uh, it is for a certain campaign or like they're trying to raise like awareness about a cause. Maybe um, we don't have stick bots down here, do we? So one of my new things I'm going to do this year is um, we have stick bots. Is there, bro, is there a stick bot around? I just want to show everyone what it is. So st stick bots, um, there's a channel on YouTube called Stickbot Central, and it's it's based on this toy that is out that are positionable, and you can make stop motion videos with them, right? And um, it's already if you can't find it, it's not like that big a deal. Uh, too late now; she's halfway up the steps. She's committed. I love you, wife. Um, I love when she says "I know" because it's like total Han Solo moment. But um, I would maybe they could write out like short brief skits of something like that where it's like you know uh stick bots are acting out something so stick bots are they have animals we're going to do this in class this year right and then you can like position them in different ways and make them do stuff they have monsters stick bot monsters this is a really this is the thumbnail right here um, and then they have regular stick bots and my kids customize them by like putting tape on them, drawing things on them, making clothes for them. But then the stick bots are like acting things out and you could maybe like write a script for that too. Um, and I just think that if you have time, I mean, I don't know what your class looks like. Like, are they being able to film those? Are they being able to like, you have to script it out and then you have to actually go through with the right, with like the filming process also. And then the kids that aren't writing stuff aren't getting a chance to film. And then if the films that are coming out are really good or really funny, or, or those kids are having more fun, then it might cause other students to actually want to do something. But um, I would definitely think about like shorter content and what does that look like? Because uh, it's like, if you think about what kids are watching now, it's like mostly YouTube, like my children watch YouTube 90% of the time. And I just think that that's, that's how I would go with that. Um, Mel M is saying uh, in a whole group lesson, students, uh, a student shared that her baby brother had died. The class didn't know I lost a loved one. And the students know that this gave me the opportunity to share with the class. Once her and I were both, <coughs> both shared with the class, a majority of students raised their hands and said that they had lost loved ones too. It was a great moment for us to see or for her to see that she wasn't alone. Um, I was waiting for a question, but that's a really great statement. Oh, I, I thought just there was a question. I'm no, sorry. Uh, unless it was after that. No, uh, sorry. No, that's fine. Um, I think that's awesome. That's all, like, first of all, how awesome are you that like a student actually shared something like that in your class? Like they felt safe enough to do that. And then what does that say about your other students that they were able to kind of like rise to the occasion? Like that's, that's gotta be a super awkward moment when someone drops some knowledge like that and everyone's like what do we do now but instead of like laughing or being out of pocket like they cared for that student and they did it also because they saw your example of sharing your story also and i think that is what creates like 
wildly caring culture around students that really, really locks them together for long periods of time. Um, and then they just become like brothers and sisters and stuff like that. So that's awesome. Uh, Kelly, man. You know these people. Jakanovich. I know, but I think I need to give myself more credit sometimes. Because <laughs> it's just Kelly Jakanovich. Yeah, girl. Um, Kelly has an interesting profile picture, too. I think she decorated her door. Uh, I feel like I'm asking something every week. Kelly, you go ahead and ask two things every week if you want. It's up to you. Um, Sorry about that. Nope. Don't be sorry about that. Please. Uh, it's my honor. But my kids have been extra challenging. This week, a group of students told me that they just aren't going to listen to me. <laughs> I don't do. Smack them? No. Uh, <laughs> <Not advice. laughs> That's why I'm not a teacher. Uh, that's like old school Catholic stuff. Just kidding. I would... I'm just not going to listen to you. What would I do? I, see... My go-to is ridiculousness all the time. Um, so I would talk. I don't know what I would do. I, oh. I, I think like, look. The, Wait, there was a part two. I didn't see it. Okay. Part, part two. two. Admin's been no help in stopping favorite class. And stopping favorite classroom and activities hasn't had an impact. Uh, I've gone through everything I can think of. So... I have answers for this. I'm trying to think of which one to land on and what I maybe haven't said before, because, you know, of course my first one's going to be like, have the conversation with the kid, find out what's going on in a time and space that is without everyone else in the class. Right. You're, so you're stripping away the audience. I what think do you the, do if it's a group of students, she said a group of students. Yeah. So I think you talk to them as individuals oh. or as, um, or as a group, you can do one or the other. I think shouting out the kids that are doing a good job in class um, and letting them know that you really appreciate them. I think giving those kids extra assignments is something that I do sometimes. So like last week, um, my daughter came home from school and said that the whole class, would they have like recess taken away from them or something like that? Because like a couple of kids were doing something they weren't supposed to be. And I just thought, yeah, like I do that all the time, like where I penalize the whole group for the actions of a few. So last week, um, I had a problem where like these kids kept standing up. It was like the end of class. I gave them five minutes to chill. These two guys kept standing up. And I was like, yo, if anyone stands up again, like I'm getting like everyone has a quiz tomorrow on the reading for tonight. Like you're not just handing in homework. Now there's a quiz on it. And so somebody stood up. I was like, all right, now y'all got a quiz. And then I immediately thought of Marley and I thought, no, 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 no. You have a quiz now tomorrow. And so that dude came in the class and he had to take a quiz before he left. And it was like real short, um, but I was certain he wasn't doing the work anyway. So that's why it kind of worked to my benefit because um, it wasn't like he was getting extra points. It was like he was losing points, but it kind of cemented that situation of like, let's do it again and see what, what happens. Like I'm going to give you extra homework. I would just keep a log of extra homework or extra assignments. And then that is how you sort of wear those kids down um, when they don't do it. Then you call home, then you log that, then their grade goes down. And it's because you are acting in such a way that like now I'm giving you like, this is your penalty for something like that. Uh, or, you know, if someone couldn't hear me, I don't know, I would probably make something ridiculous up also and just be like, uh, I would talk extra quiet or I would talk on the others. I would teach to the other side of the room be like, you guys said, you know, you didn't want to hear me. I don't want to bother you. Like, I want to respect your decision. So I'll just, I'll be over here teaching to this side of the class for the kids that want to hear me. Um, 
something stupid like that. Uh, Tracy Pinter, my buddy, is saying my building is in pre-K eight building this year. It has become evident that the five through eighth teachers and and wait, it has become evident between five to eight teachers and younger teachers. I don't know that I understand that. My building is pre-K eight building this year. It has become evident between five to eight, like five, fifth through eighth grade teachers and younger mm -hmm. teachers. Much of this stems from admin's favoritism. How do you reunite teaching staff? So look, Tracy, I think, look, I have two answers. One, I think um, like kind of grassroots on the low, like figuring out a way for teachers to connect, right? So like maybe you invite someone over your house for dinner. Maybe you go out for drinks. Maybe you go out and do some activity together if you're into activities, like go bowling or something something where you can all talk while you're doing it, right? So bowling is kind of fun and you can like hang out. It's not like going to a movie. I never understood why people went on dates to the movies. It's like, unless you just want to make out, like you can't talk to somebody, right? It's like a weird- Who really makes out in the movies? I don't know. People that are weird. It costs too much money. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people do. Maybe like- maybe Tracy, <laughs> maybe Tracy Pinter likes making out with her husband. I have no idea. But uh, so I think that's one way. I was also listening to this dude. Um, oh, now I'm going to forget his name. He has, if you look up any, Simon Sinek talks about leadership all the time. And his take on that is like culture needs to come from the top down. That if the, if the admin are not working actively to create a positive culture in the school, that's just not going to happen. I don't 100% buy into that. Because I've worked some pretty crappy places and I've had really great relationships within those people that supported one another. But it, we did it as sort of this like, I don't know, like Red Dawn. Um, there's a throwback for you. Uh, and in Red Dawn, it's like the U.S. is being attacked by Russia. This like movie came out in 1985, Cold War kind of stuff. Um, and this band of rebels kind of bands together and decides to take care of one another. And then that turns into something that takes care of, of the bigger problem at large. I think if you can get those people together to make a pact to get together, like we're going to do this ourselves. I think that that really has a deep impact on the school in a positive way as well. I mean, it could have a negative impact if you were a bunch of villains, but you know, you're Tracy Pinter, like the X-Men of uh, the Avengers of Ohio. Uh, Florex. I'm sorry, hon. I, I'm having a hard time saying your name. Uh, FL Floor uh, is asking, what would you suggest? Would you suggest being a substitute while doing a credential program? Future art teacher. I work in the sped class as a sped class aide. Um, but I feel like I need to start placing myself in more of a lead role. I haven't started a credential program, but I will this fall. So I think, look, I mean, there's a couple of different ways you could do that. I, I did not like student teach or I did not, I love student teaching. I did not like uh, substituting. I think that it is awful <laughs> um, because the students don't respect you and they don't know you. And like, unless you're going to spend a lot of time there. So like, if you do get a job as a sub, um, chances are that school is going to call you back again and again and again, because they need people that are going to show up again and again. Um, I just didn't like it because I didn't like not knowing the students, not knowing the school. It was, it just didn't feel good. What I'd rather do is work as like an aide in a class or a part of an after school program or 
part of a, maybe you're tutoring, maybe you're working as a tutoring program, maybe you're working at an after school, like, like a lunch, like a, uh, I know like in Jersey where we live, there's all kinds of like art places that you can go to like paint ceramics or like do paintings on, um, on canvas and stuff. And they have people that are in there helping or leading classes like on weekends and nights and stuff like that. I, I would rather do something like that. So what you're really looking for here is you trying to convey information to others. Um, and then you also just saying mindful, um, you also like connecting with young people like that. And I think that that's important as well Is like when you're, you're practicing that muscle is the hardest thing. Like, look, you're going to be passionate about what you teach. You're going to love what you teach. You're going to be excited about what you teach, but it's the connection with young people that is really the hardest part of, of teaching, right? Like it's never like, how do I make my lesson better? Like that's less of a thing than like, how do I get kids to care about what I'm trying to teach them? And so that's how you start practicing that connection piece is by just being around young people and trying to convey knowledge to them. Uh, uh, Troll is life is saying uh, best ways to become involved quickly in a practicum classroom. I think, um, showing up early, getting there and staying late, uh, being the first one there, being the last one to leave, finding out from your practicum teacher, Hey, is there anything else I could do? Like maybe you're at, you have a student that's having a hard time. Maybe you're doing something after school with students. Maybe, um, I could find something else to do in the school that would just give me that little bit of extra experience. And I could add to the culture here. I'd love to be able to do that. Uh, I've had practicum students come in a bunch of times and if, if they want to be more part of the class, I'll do like small reading groups and then I'll have them lead one of those small reading groups. If we are doing um, like uh, an activity where like their kids are creating posters or something like that, I just put them in with those groups and then they can become a part of the group. And then you get you create relationships like that. And so that's what I'm thinking I would do. So I would ask your cooperating teacher or say, maybe there's another class in the school that like when I'm done here, you send me to this small group room and I can help students there and stuff too. So I think it's just about have, making the ask and then being around for stuff like go to football games, go to baseball games, go to, you know, other stuff too. So you're like trying to get that full experience. Um, I just want to say this one makes me laugh. Okay. Cher uh, R is saying, how to deal with teachers who bully teachers. I am witnessing this in my department. Parents. Dude, I know, 100%. I went to the union to speak up for my colleague. The administration did not help this teacher. Look, I see this happen. I've seen this happen. I've seen um, teachers that bully parents um, in the district in which I live, right? So admin bully parents, yes. which was my experience this week. Uh, so I think that you're throwing, you're throwing the whole thing out there. You're oh, on. who do I think? I don't know. What would you do about that then? I have no idea. Oh, all right. So um, I think. Go to a school board meeting. And I, 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 I would yeah, go. I think going doing. to a school board meeting is not a bad idea. I think going to um, other teachers that are veteran teachers in the building and saying like, Hey, look, and, and you have to, you have to make it so it's not gossip. And like, um, I'm sure. concerned for this individual. This is what I'm seeing. Do you have any advice or like, what do you think we can do to, to help them out? Um, and then I think trying to make more 
loud noise around the person that's being bullied that's positive is good, right? So like, how do you get rid of the darkness? You like increase the light, right? Like, so like, how can we make sure that this person is being celebrated for the things they are doing right? Um, and then that hopefully outweighs the negativity that's befalling upon them, or maybe even change someone's point of view. Like, Oh, I didn't realize that they were doing all this cool stuff or that they were this great teacher or that they did this nice stuff. Um, like I've been the subject of, of this kind of behavior before where like, uh, I'm doing too much. My classroom's too much. My relationships with the students are too much. Um, I am doing any number of things, right? Like I feel like I've gotten dogged for that kind of stuff before. Um, and I think it just takes the right person to come along and say, no, this is wonderful. I love what they're doing. Th that comes from a trusted source that can change people's minds. And um, and also just hold that teacher up. Like you're trying to like give them the energy to keep going is a really beautiful thing. What about teachers that are in agreement with the teacher that was bullied and the teachers, since the admin isn't any help, that all the teachers that – can go to the person who's bullying and like call them out. Yeah. Maybe you find the trusted friend there where like, you just tell them like they go and talk like, so like if, if they, I knew show was getting bullied, I'd a hundred percent go talk to that person and be like, yo, what's the deal, bro? Like, why bullying? what are you Jen? doing? Like you're making bad decisions. Or here. Wonder, this like, is my friend. Like just know that this doesn't go unnoticed, yeah. like what you're doing. Um, so you need to fall back a little bit. Or we're going to take it to the street. Cause I would fight oh, for Joe. I know. I'm fighting for Cho over here, theoretically. Actually, Cho doesn't need anyone. My daughter's home, I guess. Yep. You're starving? I'm doing a live feed. So maybe someone's making dinner right now and they can send it over. I'm just waiting for questions for my wife. I'm sorry. You're too busy talking about getting bullied. Never mind. Um, there's you guys have there's so much talking in between it's hard love to like it. eat, I love all the which talking. is really great so this would be a good time for me to remind everyone that's on there talking um that there is a facebook group there is a real rap with reynolds teacher talk facebook group and look i will be there was some confusion about this this week with some folks um i am not an active participant in said facebook group all the time the reason being is because um i'm on here I'm answering emails. I'm answering Facebook messages and tweets and messages on Twitter and messages on YouTube, which I didn't really realize I could get into not too long ago, but apparently that's a thing. Um, and any number of other communications and mentoring people um, that are paying me and all that stuff is wrapped up in that. So the teacher talk Facebook page though, is a place that is closed Facebook group. So the not so secret wife over here allows you into it. Once you fill out the questions and then you get into it to just make sure that people are actually in the world of education in some way, shape or form. Um, and then it's all the folks that are on here, like continuing the conversation. And that's really what it was created um, for was someone said, Hey, can you make a closed Facebook group so we can continue the conversation in a safe space? Yes, I can. And so I did. And now there's like, I don't know, 500 people in there or something like that. Um, so you can, you can rock that if you want. Uh, who? Oh, oh, I was like, I thought you were pointing down there. Um, Nora is asking, how do you deal with senioritis as a student or as a teacher would be my first question. So if you're a teacher, um, <clears throat> I think if I was dealing with senioritis, it would be like having a very 
clear vision in the classroom of exactly how much time is left, right? So it's not like February is this weird space where like June feels so far away or the end of, you know, the end of your marking period or trimester or whatever it is, or the year feels so far away, but it's really not. As teachers, we know that this is over in five minutes, right? Like this, it's no time before the end of the year. So you need to get it together now. Um, and I would have like a calendar on the wall or something that, that counted that down. <clears throat> I think the second thing I would do is make everything I do really, really relevant. So like, look in college in the fall, this is what's going to, you're going to need to know in real life. When you start working in the fall, cause you don't want to go to college, this is going to be relevant for this particular reason. Um, and reminding kids that like being able to have good debates, giving, being able to have good conversations about stuff, being able to, um, know what's going on in the news like whatever it is you're making it relevant so that's not just like what you don't want kids to ask is like why do we even have to do this why are we doing this how has this helped me in my life i'm about to break it down for you right now bro this is exactly how it's going to be useful in your life um and that that's kind of where i would do that or maybe make um the learning student centered right or what i mean by that i realize i can mean a number of different things but like um have the students teach stuff, right? Like you're not the teacher anymore. You're having students teach stuff uh, or make what you're doing cool. Like go on cool trips or like have someone come in and talk to your class. It's going to make it like more relevant, more um, interesting. So it's not just you doing the regular kind of like song and dance, but it's, it's this new added kind of adventure in there too. Okay. Jessica Guthrie is asking, um, we have two classes who are constantly disruptive in every class on the team. One of my fellow teachers constantly yells and degrades them, but that's not my style. But nothing I am doing works. Any ideas on how to uh, get them quiet during times they need to without breaking the bond that we have with them? Look, I mean, I, there's a hundred ways to deal with this problem. I, when I have these issues, I get real, right? So like real rap with the Reynolds comes or real rap with Reynolds comes out of this idea of being real of no BS of not sugarcoating anything like look this is what I'm this is the act this is what I'm noticing in class right like I need everyone to listen to me right now because this is a hundred percent real in my class this is important because of this right so like one of the ways I, I broke it down for a class the other week is like I don't I maybe I've said this before I don't know um but it's a weird thing so probably not um no one's listening. I got everyone carrying on and no one's wanting to do the work. When I finally get them quiet to do the work, a lot of the class actually ends up putting their head down and falling asleep. They don't want to do the lesson. Then that means that they don't do the homework because they didn't do the reading, which means that they're going to do poorly on the quiz on Friday because they didn't do the reading and they didn't do the homework. And now they have no idea what the hell's going on. And then that just leads to them failing because they're never going to go back and read the part of the book that they didn't read before. And my answer to them is, look, reading is the most important thing, right? Reading Critical thinking and finding your voice are the most important things that you can learn in high school, but reading more than any of them, because you could literally drop out of school right now, get a crack addiction, and then go to prison until you're 30. And if you get out of prison and you know how to read, you can reinvent your life in a much quicker way than, than anything else, right? Because you can pick up a book that will literally has the potential to change your life, right? That's why we're learning to read. You also need to be able to recall what you're reading, right? So you can't just read stuff. And then forget it. You have to be able to pull things from it. And the way that you do that is by connecting it to your life. And then being able to do that also helps you to learn and validate your own story. So like breaking things down for kids and saying, look, there's, this is like, 
It is important that you be able to do this. It's important that you suffocate bullshit in your life and not think like, I don't need to know this or this is stupid. Like, I'm breaking it down for you and telling you why you do need to know it, one. And two, you need to suffocate the excuse that like what you're doing, um, I, I have kids that self-sabotage, right? They don't, I think they're afraid of success. I have kids that self-sabotage because, you know, mom died and now they're mad at their dad. And they think that if they chew the poison that their dad's going to die, like that kind of mentality of like, oh, let me hurt myself and that'll hurt others. And it's like, no, man, I have a big quote on my wall by Henry Rollins. that says something to the effect of like, instead of being mad at your, at the man, mad at your parents and, and mad at your teachers, instead of getting drunk and wrapping your car on a, uh, like a light pole instead outlearn them, outlive them, right? That, that, that could be what you do instead of destroying yourself. You're actually elevating yourself to a level where it is like, damn, I was wrong about that dude. Right. So I think breaking shit down for kids like that and then telling them like, like the fact that I care more about you right now than you care about yourself is deeply troubling to me. And so here's how this is going to go down. We're going to put this class on lock until we can figure this out, until I can get everyone where they need to be. Um, and then we can like figure out if we want to have fun or if this is going to be an enjoyable class. Like not every class that I have every year is enjoyable, which sucks because it's my personality is to have fun, is to want to make this engaging. I love that part of the job, but not everyone's ready for that. Some kids need that heavy consistency to kind of like get them in the space to get the train back on the tracks. And then once it is, it's, you know, you can amp up the speed and have some fun with it. Um, but that's kind of how I break it down to my classes um, so that they know what's going on. And I let them know, like, look, I care about these other teachers. I care about their classes, but mostly I care about mine. Right. So like, I don't care what you're getting away with and what you're doing in other classes, but I'm saying in this class, this is a hundred percent how this is about to go down. And, and you're either going to fall in line with what we're doing or you got to go. And that's kind of how I, I handle that. And, and so, um, which seems rough, right? I get it. But I, I think sometimes that really works and it, and it works differently with different kids. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, that's it. So look, uh, we're going to stop there cause I got to go feed my kids cause my daughter's starving. <clears throat> and look, um, real, real quick, if anyone's in Hershey, Pennsylvania, um, I'm going to be speaking there tomorrow at the Pete and C conference at the Hershey hotel, or if you're just at the Hershey hotel for some weird reason, say what's up. Um, and then, uh, I'm also running mentoring programs. So if you're interested in that, if you feel like it's something you need, or you feel like, you know, someone that needs it, um, I do like paid programs where you pay a certain amount of money. And then I mentor you for 30 to 60 minutes a week. And then it's all on my website. You just go right on the website, realrapwithreynolds.com. Click on the mentoring button. It'll take you right there. You can check it out and see what that looks like. Um, and then that's it, right? Nothing else going on? Awesome. Everybody, I hope you have the greatest week ever and that like you uh, you ride out February, except for the people in the Southern Hemisphere because they're hot as could be down there right now. Well, we're rocking a solid 30 degrees here right now. I'm about to go run in. I forgot to go running when it was light out and slightly warmer. That's it. All right, everybody. Peace.